Now playing comes a podcast from two brothers. My name is Christian Durant. And I'm Pedro Durant. About the movies that raised them. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? From the laugh out loud comedies to the explosive 90s action flicks. Welcome to Earth. The heartwarming animated classics to the tear jerking Oscar bait dramas. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And now, grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the Duran Brothers Movie Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Duran Brothers Movie Podcast. My name is Christian Duran. With me, as always, is Pedro Duran. And we are the Duran Brothers. Every week we get on here and talk about the movies that raised us. The movies that we watched as we youngsters. The movies that we rented from Blockbuster, Hollywood Video. The DVDs Mm. that we stole from Walmart. I never stole the DVD from Walmart. (laughs) But the the many movies I purchased on DVD. I had quite a collection at one point. Um, And the Blu-rays that we watched. Yeah. I did have a lot of blue uh, mm. DVDs. I loved the DVD. Yeah, I was Anything a big from fan. Columbia of... House. <laughs> Columbia House is, you know, people really need somebody needs to do a documentary on Columbia House, <laughs> like a Netflix <laughs> six part documentary on yeah. Columbia House. <laughs> of like, it was for those Empire, like that is that was for I people guess. who yeah for people who don't know this is way before eons before the internet. Columbia House was a and and help me if I stumble, but Columbia House was a mail order VHS delivery thing subscription service. So basically, mm. they would send you this like it was almost like a stamp book, right? Yeah. It was like this book or this like leaflet going like here are all the movies you can get you can buy. So basically they would they they would do like an introductory offer of like all right you get 7 VHS movies for like 10 cents or something each mm-hmm. for a penny or something and then the next ones you have to buy for like 9.99 or whatever I don't remember what it was. Yeah. But and they had CDs as well too so you could get CDs as well too. So what people would do is just like get the 7 movies and then they're like, all right, now you now you get to buy one, and then they would just never pay. Yeah, that's basically it. Or just like keep buying movies, and they would send yeah. them to you, and be like, mm, I'm not paying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like, there's tons of scams. Like some people would like send it to. I've heard of people sending it to a different mailbox and just like picking it up. And then just, you know, uh, never paying it or whatever. And that's the way but, to go because back in the day, it's so hard to track people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they would like – it was like not – this was like before – I don't know if I'm saying this right, but this was before credit cards were like really like the way Mainstream. they are now. Yeah. Yeah, it's like everything's connected to your credit card. Yeah. It's not really like that. Like – like they were like, all right, just send us a check. <laughs> yeah, like, no, we'll be waiting. You're not getting a check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that explains it because the uh, Columbia House DVD division went bankrupt in 2015 August. Oh, 
I I seriously can't believe they've been around since 2015. Like, I can't believe they survived that long. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. Well, They're still around. Mm. Oh, no. It says was an umbrella brand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a mail The company was sold to Pride Tree Holdings Incorporated. In 2013, the company changed its name to Film Entertainment Incorpor- Incorporated. The sale of the DVD division at uh, excuse me. The sale of the DVD division at bankruptcy auction was announced August 10, 2015. Yeah. So Columbia Division of Market in the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although direct brand shut down music music mail order operations in mid two thousand nine, it continued to use the Columbia House brand to market videos in the U.S. and Canada, selling DVDs and Blu-rays via the controversial negative option billing. So yeah, I mean they got they had to get out of the music game a little uh, really early because I mean you know after what Sean Parker and them came out, it was a done yeah. deal. You know, so it's like I'm buying CDs from a fucking stamp book. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah, here's a better way of explaining it than I just did. But mm. During the first three decades of Columbia House, it had a most unique marketing strategy. Give the customer a handful of vinyl records for free uh, with the promise that they would purchase a set number of records at full retail price plus shipping. And then eventually they moved on. They included movies. There were dozens of small sheets of stamps that were enclosed in the mailer. These stamps had pictures of the actual album cover of the records that Columbia House would sell. The customer would tear the stamp off the sheet, lick the back of the stamp, and affix them onto the order card. These Columbia House envelopes would come as junk mail to what seemed everyone's home on a regular basis. One recipient might get one type of offer, but a neighbor might receive a more lucrative offer. Many times it was the teenagers of the house who were intercepted this mail. They were Mm -hmm. easily suckered in with the idea of getting the albums they wanted all at once, Mm -hmm. and all they had to do was buy three or four albums within the next two or three years. There were many underage customers who legally could not be bound to this agreement contract. Columbia House knew these were unenforceable, but they didn't care. Uh, Eventually, they changed this policy. Columbia House made it easy to defraud them. Some older than teens scam by getting free music with the intention of never paying, uh, sometimes amounting to stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars of CDs. Yeah. Mm. And that's basically what everybody did. Get OD. And that's how I got Big Punisher Capital Punishment. So shouts out to Columbia House. They took doing the a big boy so I could be the last dawn. <laughs> cool. <laughs> no, no, that's that's him talking about Columbia House. <laughs> well, good for Master P. He made out on that. Yeah, shouts out. So I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. We were just talking mm-hmm. about our Thanksgivings, even though Mike doesn't celebrate in the Great country of Australia. Yes. They they took it away from me when they gave me my passport. <laughs> they took away your Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. I said, I can't do it. You know? Yeah. It's like taking the oath, like the presidential oath. If you have like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you have like multiple passports, you have to give one up if you become president of the United States. Mm. Because you can't, well, you know, show favoritism. Yeah. But I mean, obviously after you're done with your tenure... Right, yeah, you can get and then back. you bring favoritism back, like <laughs> yes. like you weren't holding on to your favorite. Like, okay, anyway, <laughs> yes, yes, but so um, stupid rules. Yeah, no, no Thanksgiving for me. I just went out to a little barbecue place in the city. Had a bunch of 
beef briskets and bacon slabs and whiskey. Mm. What? Mm. Whiskey. Whiskey. Yes. So, that was good. Um, did want to ask you in the because uh, this is another uh, momentous moment in november that's happened and it's been coming up in my timeline all over the place 60 years ago today's the 60th year of the assassination of johnny kennedy john f was that in november why do i yeah, always november. think that was in like summer no nah, man november 23rd i'm pretty sure december uh 1963 november, november 23rd 22nd. 22nd yeah November 22nd, 1963. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we're 60 years. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mm. Like people are just getting ready for Thanksgiving and then you just hear the president got his head popped off. Yeah. Wow. And then you got to go to Christmas with that shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. You have to go to Thanksgiving dinner. Jackie comes home to the White House. Like, just return all the presents. You, yeah. What do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. No, right? <laughs> Woo. But the reason I bring yeah. it up because it's been coming up my timeline and everyone's doing like a retrospective because it's 60 years and stuff. Yeah. So um, have you seen JFK, the film, the Oliver Stone film? I have seen JFK and I don't love it. Yeah. I It's a movie that I don't love. And there are things about it I like quite a bit. And it's interesting this year because Oppenheimer, apparently Christopher Nolan was very influenced by JFK. Mm. Um it's a movie I, I'm not that crazy about, and uh, it's good. I mean, the thing is, I'm not that crazy about it, but it has one of the greatest scenes of all time in the yeah. Donald Sutherland. Uh, I thought you meant Mr. X Jones dressed up like Amadeus, like fucking. <laughs> yeah, that is in the uh, movie. Dude, it, it is. It's a very. If you don't know anything about JFK. Uh, maybe in 1991 it hit differently, but if when I watched it, I probably watched it in like 2000, 2001, and I was just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, there's a lot of people I know in here doing a lot of stuff I've never seen them do. <laughs> like <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones being like this weird gay, like I don't know, kind of uh, I don't know, like government, like elite person mm -hmm. you know like rich elite person basically what everybody thinks he's exact he's playing exactly what like the QAnon people think is going on yeah. like <laughs> like a gay elite guy and joe pesci is like weird in it and mm. have you seen it you've seen it right it's been no just bits and pieces i've seen that bit. you gotta I've watch it clip. you yeah. gotta watch it it's worth okay. it's definitely worth a watch. It's like absolutely worth a watch. And and Gary Oldman's good in it. I don't love Kevin Costner's performance in it. I think there's some moments where I just like I cringe where really? JFK gets shot. Yeah. I think it's after Jack Ruby gets shot or something like that. It's something something happens. JFK's funeral. He's in a bar watching it or a restaurant watching it. And uh and um Somebody in the crowd in the restaurant goes like, "Good riddance, but fucking president." And then he go, and then Kevin Costner just goes, "I am so ashamed to be an American today." Really? It's like one of the worst line readings I've ever heard. But um, uh, the one thing about that movie, it did make me, it did open my brain to realize that um, 
you know, people have always disliked the president. Like it, it hasn't, you know, it hasn't always been unanimous. Like I didn't realize that there were like people who didn't like JFK mm. uh, at the time. And this, and when I watched it, it was around, you know, Bush time. So yeah. it opened my eyes to that. I was like, Oh, there've always been this idea that like some people fucking like really hate the president. And yeah, then some people just really love the president yeah. just because of like political allegiances. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And then the, and then the scene with Donald Sutherland playing Mr. X, mm-hmm. who just gives this big info dump. It's one of the greatest scenes of all time. It is stuck in the middle of this movie that I'm like kind of iffy on. Mm. And then Kevin Bacon is playing like this gay um, uh, prison inmate mm. who's who's like giving all the spilling all the tea on Tommy Lee Jones and stuff and telling mm. Kevin Costner what he really wants to know. He's like, um, he's like, well, I've never seen anything like this before. And then Kevin Costner's like, that's because you ain't never been fucked in your ass. He's like, really? It's re- yes, that's a line. That's mm. a line from me. He's like, you ain't never been fucked in your ass. It's everybody's over the top. John Candy's yeah. in it playing a Louisiana guy who's like, John listen, Candy. daddy. John Candy's in this movie going yeah. like, listen, daddy, you don't even know these guys. They'll hit you with some hot jambalaya. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's very weird. Um, who else is in it? Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau are both in it. And this is, mm. they don't have any scenes together, but they're both in it. Um, who else? Uh, the fucking guy. No, that, fucking guy, that fucking that guy. That fucking guy. That fucking guy. That fucking guy. When make I a see him, cameo. He wishes. No, I don't no, think so. He doesn't make a little cameo walking a dog or something across the street. No, he's not Hitchcock. <laughs> Shouts. Uh, who am I thinking? Does he actually um, ever put himself in those films? I think he has. I don't know which one, though. I feel like he he must have at some point, right? Yeah, I mean, he's a camera player, um, so he's just kind of like, whatever. Ed Asner, that's who I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. Vincent D'Onofrio's in his Sissy Spacek plays, um, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Costner's wife. Laurie Metcalf is in it. Um, Joe Pesci, like I said. and Brian Doyle Murray. Yeah. Michael R- Brian Doyle, he plays Jack Ruby. Ah. Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker is in it. He's playing one of the main guys helping yeah, Wayne Knight. On, yeah. This is a lot. It's actually pretty star studded for 1991. Yeah. Deep cat. But anyway, not my favorite movie. There's, and it's also come out, you know, later on that it's like, there's a lot of, Jay, Oliver Stone just kind of like threw a lot of bullshit in there. That he's yeah. like, he's just a conspiracy theory guy. Like, but what is it? Is it it's a, is it just dealing with the conspiracies and not everything? It's, it's, like, it's yeah, it's a hundred percent dealing with the conspiracy theory, and it's um, and I guess at the time it was like the only movie, it was like the anti-historical movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of like sort of getting a, like the history, it's like presenting all. The, it's just presenting an argument that JFK was assassinated. This is the whole movie. It's just I mean, that. He wasn't assassinated. It was just a conspiracy. Is that what they're arguing? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. He was. He certainly was assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> was he? But, or was he? He's on Mars. You no, know, he's with um, Tupac. Yeah, he's with Tupac. He's going to come out of the 
the <laughs> he's gonna come out of the the New Year's ball. Yeah. Um, Tupac so, new album, new single from Tupac. <laughs> Let's do it, JFK. Do it. That's not what you can do for your country. <laughs> Yeah, I won't deny it. I'm a straight rider. You don't mm. want to fuck with me. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's sixty years, and it's interesting. But I don't really. I don't know if I've. I've always thought that the conspiracy has been interesting, but I never really bought it. I guess mm. like I don't know. It's very interesting, and like people make compelling cases. I just don't know. I always, I kind of honestly just think like, um, unfortunately, the most boring, mundane version of the story is probably what happened, mm. and it was just Lee Harvey Oswald. And um, uh, uh, we had a dude, um, Dan Ashley, uh, Nick Whitmer's father-in-law, mm-hmm. who we had him on the Oh Dear podcast a while back, and he was telling us, I mean, he'd done like so much research on it. He, he was like convinced that it was a conspiracy for years and years. He'd done research and research and research. And then like he read so much about it that eventually he came down to the conclusion like, yeah, after all that, I just kind of think it was just one guy. It was just Lee Harvey Oswald. This is really, it. yeah. He's like, I, 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 he's like, I read everything and I read it. He's like, it's just after a while, it's like, it's just easy because it's very easy to go like, to like make the facts work towards your conspiracy theory if you want yeah. them to but it's just kind of like after a while you just have to go like no it's probably just one guy but he did make a uh he did raise a an interesting thing that i've never heard of is that like one of the things is like it was jay it was lee harvey oswald shooting but he missed he either hit him or missed and that the one thing where it was a government kind of cover-up was that one of his secret service agents accidentally shot him they he like slipped up he fumbled his gun and accidentally Uh, shot him in the car and in order to like save face they like they're like we can't we can't let that out or whatever yeah (laughs) but so so that i was like that i believe more than like it was this whole big thing yeah that was like just someone fucking up on the job Exactly. Like we were joking around. They're like, if you look very closely at the Zapruder film, you can see like <laughs> his security guard go, whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. like, like fucking three stooges. Yeah. It's like, you just yeah. stopped the president, dummy. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, and it's, and to me, it's just not, I, people love that movie, by the way. I just yeah. don't, it just didn't never hit me that way. I'm not mm. crazy about Oliver Stone movies. Yeah, I've never really, like I said, I've I, I've never watched it front to back. I just seen clips, and I've seen that yeah. black and white grainy footage of Tommy Lee just sodomizing a young dude, and I was like, ah, oh, what the mm-hmm. hell does this have to do with, you know? So, oh, it all is connected, buddy. So, but that 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 um, not JFK, but one of the greatest twist endings has to be the Zapruder film, right? (laughs) How so? (laughs) You didn't see that one coming, did you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess not. (laughs) He certainly didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you want to watch this film Uh, about the president in a parade? Yeah, okay. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting if they did a, like, 
you know, this JFK is weird because it's like a big budget version of loose change. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like imagine if they did a loose change, but like, like they would never do a nine 11 version of JFK, you know? Yeah. Like just like going, like it was an inside job, but like with stars, like yeah. Leo DiCaprio, and Steven Spielberg directs. Exactly. Like with Tom Hanks, like, yeah. As Tom Hanks is the dude who goes like, just make it look like Arabs did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Clifton Powell. Is that not not Clifton Powell? Uh, Colin Powell. No, no, no. Uh no, no. I'm trying to think of that actor. Clifton uh, Compton Jr. or Clifton. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. If I gotta get the uh Clifton uh, Collins Jr. Oh yeah, he could be in it. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm thinking, you, um, that's that's not who you're talking about. <laughs> no. Um I'm thinking, uh, oh, fuck, what's that movie? We were once warriors. We were, we were once warriors. We were, were. He's a Kiwi guy. Oh, he, I know, he's fucking in training oh. day. Tamura Morrison? Nah, Cliff Curtis. Cliff Curtis, that's it. Yeah, he yeah. could be the Osama bin Laden yeah. motherfucker. Of course, yeah. yeah. Is he even. He's Kiwi. He's New Zealand. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's <laughs> that's a Kiwi. So funny. He's, he's indigenous. <laughs> he's a Maori. Arab. Yeah. Uh, they make him Arab and everything. They make him Arab and everything. I think he was in True Lies. He was uh no, he w- no, he wasn't in True Lies. That's me. He's in training day. Yeah, he's in training. He's a Mexican. Remember? Yeah. He was in Mexican. Goes, you ever get your push shit pushed in? Man, I got my shit pushed in. Oh uh, wow. Yeah. All three of those motherfuckers. Well, no, not the one Mexican dude, but um Yeah. Not a fucking what's his name? He plays a Mexican every movie and he always plays the same Hector. Hector, yeah, yeah, he that plays dude. Hector. Yeah, he was in fucking Bruce Almighty. He gets a a, a, a monkey comes out of his butt. Yeah, that's yeah. He plays a true blue Mexican. Yeah, that is Chicano. a no. That guy plays a. Uh, that guy is type casted mm. like a motherfucker, and nobody mm. even like everybody knows his face, and you know as soon as you see him, oh, he's supposed to be like a L.A. gangbanger, dude. Yeah. Like he, I don't know if he's ever played. It's funny because his name is Noel. (laughs) Yeah. Where is this dude? I'm looking for this dude in the cast. Yeah, that that, dude. Yeah. If you go to his IMDb, everyone, every. All right, I'm gonna read. That's how I know from Fast and Furious too. Uh, Fast and Furious. Yeah, of course. Anytime you need an LA dude, LA Mexican dude, he is going to be playing it. Noel Guglielmi. Yeah, and he's like an Italian. I know that's why it sounds crazy, right? Yeah, you better get Noel. Yep, he's still working. Thirty-one projects coming up. (laughs) Rudy Garcia, Open Road. These are all the characters he's playing, by the way. I know, but look at the name. Yeah, yeah, look at the name. Hector, Sam, sponsor mm-hmm. up, Ramiro, Hector, another one named Hector. Yeah. Uh, Hector. Wait, Hector is again. that two? In a, that's literally Hector. two in a row. There's four. Oh my God. I see. Oscar, Vince, Cutter, Tomas, Hector, Alfonso, Doug, Kevin, Julio, Louis, Big Homie. The character's name is Big Homie. Eddie, Chavez. Detective Perez. He must have enjoyed playing a detective. Mm. Diego Montalban. Franco Esperi. Diego Montalban. I don't know. 
Police Chief Lopez, Silas, Alfredo Salazar, Mr. Guerra, Juan. Oh, somebody just Jason Smith. Tiago, Diego, Hector, brother, homie G, Gus. Playa Playa. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that one. Bro is working though. Yeah. Dude is working. I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's fine. He's got a nice house, I bet. Oh, hell yeah. Living it up. But if you know, if you, all you got to do, Noel Guglielmi, is just look up his face and you know exactly who he is. Yeah. He's the 100% that guy. Yeah. I'm looking up his net worth. He's got more money than me, I'll tell you that. Net worth. Two million. Two million? Yeah. And he did a lot of parts, I guess, but like, I mean, somebody should give him a starring role at this point. He's earned it. Come on. Yeah. Well, maybe he just doesn't want the fucking fame and all that bullshit. Maybe he doesn't. He's an actor for hire, man. Talk about a character actor. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's not about that. I wonder if he's got an invitation to the Oscars. You think? I mean, he deserves an, he deserves one. He's been in... I wonder how many Oscar movies he's been in. Yeah. I mean, Training Day has won an Oscar. Not for... You know... He won one award. Best Ensemble Cast at a festival. Somebody give this dude an award. Shout out Noel. Needs a Lifetime Achievement Award, certainly. <laughs> Yo, this dude's first role in IMDb is 1998. Wow. Pretty fly for a white guy. Wow, that's really funny. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure he work- showed up in a Snoop Dogg video somewhere. Probably for a Vato. Uh, vato, Vato. Of course. Why not? But, uh, yeah. I mean, we've been talking... For a little, what do you get? What have you been watching? Me, um, um, I've been, I've been, I went to the store, the DVD, the Blu-ray store the other day, and they do like little sales about you know three for twenty or whatever. So I tend to pick up a lot of stuff. Um, I've picked up a more like I'm completing my James Bond collection. I picked up Suspiria, the Dario Argento film. Um, mm-hmm. I got Crank, which I've been wanting to rewatch. You remember Crank? Do you remember that? I do remember Crank. I never saw it, but I know of it. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's a. Uh, I have to watch it again because I remember it left an impression on me. But I think it left an impression on me in the fact that, it, in that it was like so, excuse me, so silly. Yeah. That I was like, oh, that is a really dumb and fun movie. Yeah, and that's a movie I think I'm pretty sure was shot on digital. It looks like someone shot on digital while they drank 50 Red Bulls because it's just <laughs> all over the place. Um, characters are all crazy. If nobody knows this premise, is Jason Statham? I forgot what he does. His job. I think he might be a hitman or something. But he's yeah. he he goes on a job and then basically he wakes up and whoever. Someone's captured him or something, and they basically said, we replaced your real heart with basically this uh, engineered heart. It's basically a battery. So you got to keep your adrenaline 
at a certain point. It's basically speed with your heart. You got to keep your adrenaline yeah. at a certain point, and if it goes below, you die. So throughout the whole movie, he's just he's just doing like adrenaline junkie kind of shit to keep yeah. his heart rate up and keep it going. So this includes, you know, literally um, shocking himself with a defibrillator. Um, I I don't even think that I think he actually takes a car battery with the 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 what are called the pliers or the, yeah, the jumper, jumper cables. cables or... Yeah, he connects it to the car battery and then connects it to his because it's two thousand. It's a Bush area. Yeah. Connects it to his tongue and his nipples and then shocks himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, does a bunch of cocaine to um get boost up. Um, and then somewhere he has sex with amy smart in the middle of of a public street to get his you know adrenaline bumping um yeah and eventually he gets the bad guy in a big ass shootout and then i remember the guy um the actor uh, from napoleon dynamite who played pedro um he's in it as like an informant like this very um like a drag queen, he plays a drag. He's in a, a drag informant or snitch, something like that. Okay. And even I remember watching the the film, and like I said, it's very two thousands. Even watching the film, I was like, oh, it's so crass because they're they're making a joke out of it. The fact that he is in drag, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like how silly to watch a man in 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 dress like a woman. Yeah. Oh, this guy's fucking weird. Da 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 da. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, and honestly, I have to look at the cast list because I bet our boy Hector's in this. He is. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> As warehouse yeah. rooftop hood. <laughs> of course. Wow, that, I didn't plan that at all. I was just yeah, thinking so about funny. because the story takes place in Los Angeles, and I'm thinking at the end he he Jason Statham has a big uh, shootout with the cartel uh, yeah. mob, and I'm just like, I bet this motherfucker is in this movie and sure enough he is wow that's crazy um so yeah there you go so uh i I got that on my um on my list to 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 watch um what else i've been watching clips of and i don't know if this deserves his own um episode but we can talk about it now and then we can decide but django and chain um um yeah i've been watching just I mean, that's a movie I just pop on all the time, you know. Um, yeah. And I just kind of recite the the dialogue to to myself here and there because I just I think that might be my favorite Tarantino film. It's not perfect at wow. all. Wow. Yeah, I find a lot of problems with it. In this, not like social problems. I just think the the character of Django isn't fully realized or isn't as badass as he could have been doesn't pay off compared to like a character like Jackie Brown, where you feel like Jackie Brown is like the coolest character. She is the, the protagonist of that film, even though, you know, there is a, it's funny. Tarantino's supporting characters always get the shine, right? Robert Forrester mm-hmm. was nominated for, I think Pam Greer was nominated as well, but Robert Forrester was really looking like his year that year. Um, I think Sam Jackson was nominated for Pulp Fiction as supporting character. Um, Christoph Waltz obviously won for Inglorious Bastards as supporting and won for Django Unchained. Uh, Brad Pitt won for Best Supporting Actor in Once Upon a Time. Um, Yeah, it's an interesting trend. 
Um, but the point what I mean with Django Unchained is that the Christoph Waltz, Dr. King Schultz character really steals the show. And I don't yeah. know what I mean. If, I don't know if it's because he has more dialogue or is just the charisma of Christoph Waltz. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. It's just Chris, the, the character of uh, Doctor King Schultz definitely is pushing that narrative. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, that it's it's a I, I it's a great movie. I love that. There's even stuff like. You know when they go to that first town and he, you just shot the sheriff, and then it, re- yeah. it reveals that it was like it goes uh, that he's a wanted man. The sheriff is a wanted man. Yeah, you know, um, that was that's a great scene in terms of like um, this. What Tarantino does really great is he, and what what great screenwriters do is they write a huge problem like an unresolvable problem. And then find a way to write your way out of it. You know, mm. it's like, so like, dude, he walks up into the, into the middle of the town, shoots the, like, says, Hey, can you get me the sheriff? Walks in with a, a black guy who everybody goes, Oh, mm. like a blank on a horse. Oh my God. Yeah. And they all freak out. And then he's like, get me the sheriff. So the sheriff comes, shoots him in dead in the street and everybody yeah. sees it. And it's like, even Django's looking at him like, what the fuck are we going to do? Yeah. Can we just <laughs> <And> leave? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how are we going to get it? It's one of those great, like, this is an impossible situation to get out of. Mm-hmm. And you somehow write yourself out of it. That's mm-hmm. those, those are the best. And like, and it makes sense and it's logical and it totally works. And uh, uh, it's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Is this the marshal I have the privilege of addressing? That's right. This is U.S. Marshal Tatum G- Gillum. <laughs> uh, ter- ter- is it Tatum Gillum or something like that? Yeah. Something like that, I'm yeah. the bar, Marshal. <laughs> He's like, and I have your, your word that you will not shoot me in the street like a dog. Like like you just shot our sheriff. Yes, exactly like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, as much as we all like to see that, I ain't going to cheat the A-man off the rope. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's a great it's a great movie. I, I, I put it on a lot and then I ended up I always end up falling asleep before they get the candlelight. But even when I saw it in the theaters for the first time, I was really enjoying it. And then I remember and and because I was remembering that um uh gosh, what is I feel so bad. Sally Menke. Sally mm. Menke had passed away before this movie came right. out. Um and this is the first movie he had made without her. Mm. And I remember just going like, ooh, this is uh some it feels a little unnecessary long. Like when really? when Django when Django gets captured the Lynn Dickey after company. When, yeah, after yeah. Christoph Waltz gets killed and um and then Django gets captured again, and then the whole Australian scene, I was just like mm. This is for oh, this is overly long and like yeah, really unnecessary. I agree. Yeah, even when I watched it the first time, I agree. I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" Like here in this scene, like why? Yeah, it, it kind of stalls out, and I understand why they have that scene there because a it's to show that Django is now the apprentice has become the master in a way, right? Yeah. Um, and then B because Tarantino loves to have himself in his own fucking movies, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So, but I did find it, it to be like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, it's just it's going on a little bit too too long. Um, and yeah, that might and the new editor is Fred Raskins, I believe. Yeah, but it might be a thing where he just didn't they didn't have that rapport yet to be like, yeah, yeah, collaborative. Like, yeah, you gotta I gotta shut you down here. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think Sally, she also started with him, right? Mm. It was like, she's been on everything, I believe. I could be I wrong. I think so. But I think she's edited everything with him. So she probably has an easier way of being like, listen, I knew you when you were fucking nothing. So I could tell yeah. you shut the fuck up. Right? And he probably takes that too in account. Yeah, yeah. He's probably like, whereas like somebody coming in might be like, dude, you're like the greatest. I'm like, mm. I'm not going to tell you to shit. Intimidate. But yeah. I, yeah, exactly. But they've. Now at this point they've done Django and um Hateful Eight and now Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm sure they have that rapport where it's like they can do that. But yeah. Um but yeah, so yeah, that movie that was one of the first ones where I remember reading a review saying like Tarantino like loves loves to hear the sound of his own dialogue. I was like, Yes, that's true. That's always been true, but never more so than here. And I was like, I think some of the stuff is a little indulgent at times. Mm. I was like, you could cut this. He could cut this. He cut this. Like, it was just like, I just remember being like, all right. Especially when they got to that Australian scene. I was like, all right, this is like, this is taking a while. And I remember even hearing an interview with Tarantino where he was talking about, I think it was the Howard Stern interview when that came out, where he's like talking about how he got into a hole or something. He's like, well, the problem was it's like, I, um, I couldn't figure out the climax. He's like, but what I realized was I already had my climax. And I was like, yeah, the after King Schultz dies and they have the big shootout. Yeah. That's the client. Like that, that felt like that should have been the end of the movie. But again, it's like kind of what you were talking about. It's like Django hasn't, he hasn't earned it yet. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't gotten to that spot yet. And I think you and I have talked about it before, but like him, getting himself out of that situation with the Australian people mm. gets him there, I guess a little bit more, but like he really does need to like come back with a different costume, you know, like with the, mm. the way he comes back at the end, like he has to like return with like in his fucking superhero costume. Yeah, exactly. You know? In the, when the, what's a good equ- uh, equivalent to it? I mean, it's 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 like Batman Begins. You see him when he's just wearing his year one yeah. kind of uh, vigilante thing. But then when he comes back and uh, with the full Batman costume, then you're like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is the, the one. They, they, they try to attempt it at the very end when Django comes down and goes, what do you think of my new dub, Steven? Up to this point, I never knew Burgundy was my color. Right. And that's supposed yeah. to be the signifier that, you know, he's fully realized he's upgrading and stuff, particularly with that character, because it's most of his, um, uh, how do you say, um, evolution, the, the way the audience recognizes his evolution is through his dress. Right. Yeah. And what I mean by that is. He starts off as a slave. He has the big long hair and he's not even wearing a shirt. Oh, well, he was wearing rags, but he takes off the shirt and he puts on um, one of the um, 
oh, where are those fucking brothers? The Speck brothers clothes, right? Yeah. So he's wearing like literally hand-me-down clothes that he just brought. And then they do the thing and then he goes, they're going to go to um, Don Johnson's place and Dr. King Schultz is like, you know, as my valet, you have to play the part. And he goes, you're going to let me choose my own clothes? He was like, but why not? You know? So then yeah. he chooses the fucking blue boy French. Yeah. No, I don't know what that is. The the pirate yeah. Jerry Seinfeld outfit looking thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the girl calls him out. She was like, what do you do for your master? Then she, I'm free. You free? You really is free? Yeah. You want to dress like that? You know? And it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, okay. He's a little like, ah, shit. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then when the montage happens where, um, yeah, right before, yeah, they do their journey montage, he changes into more iconic Django with the sunglasses, with the hat and that green jacket. Um, yeah. And that's signifying another, another change that he's like gaining a skill set and all that. Um, but all those things, all those things, still for me as an audience member, as a fan of the movie, wasn't enough for me to be like, "All right, cool, this dude is the is the dude." Yeah, you know. Hmm. I don't know. It just it just there's just something there that I felt like it wasn't fully realized. I guess that's just yeah. Right. My opinion on that character, but everyone, I mean, not to take away from Jamie. Jamie is great in it. Everyone's everyone's awesome in it. DiCaprio obviously is really good. Um, I think uh, Sam Jackson is like that's like his best. It's one of his best performances. Yeah, so fucking. Crazy. Yeah, I remember him on Howard Stern talking about that. He's like, he's like, I thought it was fucked up. But I didn't get nominated. He's like, mm. Leo should have been nominated. So and so should have like, like he was like, I sh-, like fuck that. He's like, I was great. <laughs> mm. He is. Yeah, he's amazing yeah. in that. Yeah. Oh, Why Mr. Kennedy, you can't imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? Who's that nigga on that neck? Hey, Snowball, you want to talk to me or my horse? You want to know the name me? Name my uh, no, my I'm fucking it up now. You want to know my name or my name my horse? You ask me. Who you talking about, Hoss boy? Um, he goes, <laughs> Dr. King Schultz, like, oh, Mr. Monster Kennedy, you can imagine not hearing your native tongue for five years or whatever he goes oh, i can't imagine two two weeks in boston and then steve goes two weeks in boston ah mr kenny you're a mess like <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like he's just yeah. so good in that role of just like that that uncle tom like yo what the fuck man yeah. like shut the fuck up right but then <laughs> he's also great because he is the mastermind behind it yeah. all. yeah he goes yeah them motherfuckers ain't here for no mandingo they're here for that girl Steven, what are you talking about? They playing your ass for a fool. That's what I'm talking about. That nigga Django and Hildy, them two niggas know each other. Like, and yeah, mm-hmm. you would never pay no, never mind for no $500, but that's $100 made you real friendly now, didn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Thank Great. you. He goes, uh, uh, what did he goes? Uh, yes. Yeah. That's what made you real friendly now, didn't it? Thank you, Steven. You're welcome, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Such so good. So yeah. good. But yeah. Anything else you've been watching? Um I saw a documentary about John Ford. Uh, I think the night mm. before yesterday. Uh yeah. Um it just talks about his films. Um 
him as a person. They interview a bunch of um, actors that he worked with. John, um, I call him. I don't know John Stewart, Jimmy, um, Jim Stewart. Jim I mean, it's John, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. James, yeah. James, James and John's James the same thing, right? Yeah. Uh, no. no, no, no. I guess Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart, John so inter- and Jack for some reason are the same thing. Ah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so they interviewed James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, um, 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 the Duke, I forget John Wayne now. Um, um, it was a Harry Carey Jr. was, was another guy. Yeah. They interviewed a bunch of people and just talk about his, just about working with the man and how, and Steven Spielberg was in it. Martin Scorsese's in it. And they talk about, um, John Ford's influence on them. Um, and yeah, and they show clips of the film. Um, it's interesting that because Spielberg brings up that story that he portrayed in the end of Fablebins, yeah. and um, the way he talks about it is just exactly how it happens in the Fablemans. So um, yeah, so it talks about that. Just talk about him just being a he seems like a prickly man, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. So yeah, he was kind of like a he's one of those like weird dudes that's like um from what I understand, I was like he's kind of like a not a drunk, but like yeah, maybe a drunk. Like <laughs> I just remember reading like he would get he's one of those harsh dudes that like would you know he's a World War II guy. He just get drunk and like say sh- mean shit to people that yeah. he loves. So I remember one story there was like that he was on set and I guess John Wayne didn't go to World War Two mm. and uh he made fun of him. He's like in front of everybody just like talking shit about basically calling him like a pussy for not going. Yeah. And I guess John Wayne was like very sensitive about that. And then I don't know, somebody else came up afterwards and like, Don't you ever fucking say that to him again or something like that. Really? Yeah, it's just like some weird thing. Like he's just one of those dudes who's just like he gets has the whiskey and then he starts fucking being mean and aggressive. Mm. Yeah, in that but. documentary, they were talking about they're interviewing James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, and he said for a long time, like the, I guess the reputation of John Ford was that he always kind of shat on people, like someone was always on a shit list, and then mm-hmm. he was having Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart was having a conversation with someone. He goes, oh, he's never really done that to me he never really you know p- called me out on anything yeah and then one day it has to be on the set of liberty vans um john ford goes to jim stewart and there's um um there's um i don't know the actor's name but he's a black dude and john ford goes to jim stewart and goes jim what do you think of mr so-and-so's um costume or outfit and in the documentary, James Stewart goes, and I don't know why I said it. I wasn't even thinking. It was like, it reminds me of kind of like Uncle Remus, you know, from Song of the South kind of thing. Yeah. And John Ford goes, okay, okay. Walks off and calls attention to the whole cast and crew. Uh, excuse me. Can I have everyone's attention? I just want to let you know that James over here thinks Mr. You know, I forget the actor's name that, and he's a black dude. Like this, this actor kind of looks like Uncle Remus. I just want to let you know that's what James Stewart thinks about this man. <laughs> and it was just like, <laughs> and then okay. he just like that's it, and back to work. 
And James was like, what the fuck was that about? You know what I mean? The fuck is your deal, dude? Yeah, because yeah. it just it implies, you know, some kind of racial, racial prejudice shit. or something. Yeah. And then apparently John Wayne was like, see, welcome to the club. Because what does that mean? What? What the story? What or the welcome? welcome to the club. Because he oh, always would like shit on people. Because he always fucks with people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He always okay. fucks with people. And James Stewart was like, oh, yeah, I never really felt that he fucks with me or anything and then yeah. the next day he did that there you go they're like oh yeah yeah that's so funny oh man yeah what a dick <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah it's, it's whatever uh yeah i remember i was reading i think it was uh easy riders raging bulls where i guess peter bogdanovich and his wife at the time were like friends with Howard Hawks and John Ford, not together or whatever, but like they would do like brunch with them. And John mm. Ford would always say some like ill shit that, his, <laughs> John, that, that, <laughs> that, uh, what's his name? That Peter Bogdanovich's wife, Polly Platt would be like, yo, you're a fucking dick. Mm. And Peter Bogdanovich was like, not, nah, he wouldn't stick up for some He was like, uh, oh, just, this is John. Yeah. And he was just like a fucking prickly guy. But yeah, I could see it, man. It's a World War One guy with like no you know, missing an eye. Like, yeah, yeah probably he's fucking mad. Probably. <laughs> yeah, he's mad. World War Two, right? <laughs> no, World War One. World War Two. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. yeah. World War Two. Yeah. And now he, he's, yeah. Been fighting the, he's been fighting the Krauts, lost an eye. And now he's just sitting on a set with pampered actors. He's kind of like, Fuck exactly. This. Yeah. Well, Sorry, bud. This is what happens. Yeah. Anyway. What about you? What are you watching? Oh man. Um, I'm just going through my letterboxed. Oh, I mean the big one I saw, which I I don't think I'd ever seen before, and at least not in total, was uh, the Warriors. I just watched oh, the yeah. Warriors. I was, I think I was texting you about this. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching the Warriors, and it was the first time I think I've ever seen it in in its totality. But uh I actually I kind of enjoyed it. Um especially the beginning where they're like introducing everybody and stuff. Mm. I actually like the beginning a lot more than like pretty much the entire thing. The rest of the movie. Uh, yeah, the rest of the movie is just kind of like whatever. But the beginning's so cool like even the way they set up the warriors, they're like they're like, "Yo, my name's Ajax." And then it's like train shot of a train and then it's like where are we going? We're going to the main thing. What's going on? He's like, mm. Cyrus is having a beef. <laughs> Train tracks. Who's this guy? <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> and like, it was kind of a cool way to like introduce everybody and introduce the plot. And then like everybody's walking around with, um, you know, all the gangs are walking through the streets and stuff and through the subways. And then I like the needle drops they do where it's like, listen, warriors, they're on the runs and then they start playing nowhere to run to mm. baby nowhere to hide great um walter hill movie so who i apparently tarantino is very influenced by um, oh really yeah as a matter of fact there's like this one thing you can find where tarantino is receiving the final draft like lifetime achievement award or something and walter hill is the dude that it uh, introduces him um oh really yeah so so anyway yeah so 
Well, I can see the influence because yeah. that scene with the DJ, it's very reminiscent of Marcellus Wallace when she goes and Vincent, yes. when she goes on the that microphone. Shot. Yeah. That shot itself is like, yeah, I think that's a direct reference probably. Mm. But, um, but yeah, the actress so, was actually on, remember that show where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yes, exactly. The game yeah, show. She was the chief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Chief. I always know her. Yeah. Anytime she shows up and stuff, I'm like, that's the chief from Carmen San Diego. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And like, it was funny to me. I texted you about this, but it's just funny to me that it was like, it's set in the future, mm. but it's like definitely 1979. Like they didn't yeah. really do a ton of future shit. All they yeah. did was just like make all the gangs like quasi weird. Yeah. And like, they just gave them like matching outfits. Like as if, I guess in the future, everybody has, I, it was like very post clockwork orange. Mm. So that like, they basically just made them all droogs, mm. but like different sets. So every gang had a theme. <laughs> which is hilarious yeah <laughs> it's not like bloods or crips which is kind of what gangs are red. right yeah i guess so it's like we all dress in blue we all dress in red like yeah it's not you know don't fucking don't be an individual yeah um but like it's to a level of like the baseball furies they all dress up in like baseball clothes there's like one gang that has like they just they dress in overalls and like striped shirts and yeah. there's the Lizzie's where all the girl group. Yeah. Um, there's like a karate one. And there's the like, roller skate guys. The roller skate guys, yeah. And then the, like the at the very end, it's like I forgot they're called the riffs, I guess. They were just like yeah. all the black. black gang. Yeah. The black gang. They're literally just the black gang. It's black yeah. guys in black shirts and black pants. Like yeah. <laughs> and they show up to essentially rescue not rescue. They came there to like fuck up the warriors, but they realize that the dude who started the whole debacle, like he basically tells on himself and he understands the warriors are framed. Yeah. Yeah. But it's weird. Cause they never like the dude. It is interesting. They're the warriors get the guy who, so the plot of this movie is that like all the gangs in New York come together for a big, like gang meeting, powwow. like a powwow. It's a powwow. Where, like everybody, nope. Don't bring any guns, no weapons. We're all going to like talk. So the dude Cyrus, there's a dude Cyrus and he's like, he's basically going like, I'm going to bring all the gangs together with peace and we're all going to prosper. And you know, shit's going to be fucking strawberries and cream. And it's like all the gangs, like it's going to be peace between all the gangs and we're going to take over the city. And everybody's like, yeah, Cyrus very much like a, I mean, I think the the implications is supposed to be he's like a revolutionary spirit of peace, I guess, and change. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the evil gang, like one of the evil crazy guys just shoots him. And then they frame the warriors. They said the warriors are the ones that, are, that shot Cyrus. Yeah. And, and I love how they say to just say it. The warriors did it. The warriors did it. The did warriors it. did it. And like also in that shot, like it's not like anybody stops to listen. Everybody's mm-hmm. still running around. Well, the so, police are there too. That's why. Yeah. Well, the police are there, show up, and everybody's running away from them. But they also say, like, it's the Warriors did it. The Warriors did it. But, like, nobody's listening to him. So I'm also like, how, do they, how are they getting this information? So anyway, yeah. at the end, they, they meet up with this dude. And the thing I love is, like, they were, he, he goes, the main guy from the Warriors is like, why'd you do it? And the guy just goes, 
because I could. Like he, he's like basically he just like is the Joker. Basically, he's yeah. just like because I just want to see what would happen. Like I was like, yeah, that's all right. That's good. That's a good enough yeah. reason, man. Like just because he fucking he's just crazy and he just wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but that yeah, I also don't understand why they framed the words. I always thought it was like a thing where because I didn't know the movie, I knew the plot basically. Yeah. But I hadn't seen it, so I always thought it was like they. Like every, I thought everybody set out to frame the Warriors from the get go. Uh, really okay, like yeah. Very random. Yeah. And uh, the plot's so simple; they have to like go from the Bronx to Coney Island and fight off and gangs the whole, the whole way through. Yeah, the whole it's city's great. after them. Yeah, the that, whole that's why I like it's so simple. It's like so great, you know. And like every turn, like they have to deal with every gang. Also, the cops are after them. Um, you know. The, the book is set in Los Angeles, which makes a little more sense because it's just more widespread. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a, it's a, imagine uh, to get from Los uh, from one part of Los Angeles, let's say from East LA to the beach side on foot. I mean, it's a, it's a head yeah. trip. Right. Whereas New York, I guess makes it a little easier. I'd be probably set in New York for production costs and stuff, but you would figure, you know, you just hop on a train or something and you'd be yeah. all right. Um, but it is the future. So maybe, you know, there's no taxis in the future New York. Well, who knows? Apparently um, not. The future but yeah, and that's the thing. When I first watched it too, I didn't realize it was supposed to be set in the future. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, this is like 1970s. And I would watch it. And I was like, did motherfuckers just dress like that in the 1970s? You know, like. I think so. With baseball, with paint have. on their hands, with their, on their faces and walking around with baseball bats and stuff. And the baseball furies were always the scariest gangs because I was like, "Yo, what the fuck?" And remember, and it's in trip because in the movie they make him seem like the scariest gang because yeah, uh, when they're in the park and that one dude, the one baseball fury comes out, they're just like, "Oh shit, mm-hmm. here yeah, we yeah. go." These are the craziest of the crazy gangs. So yeah. watching the first and the orphans, they're like the lamest gang. <laughs> it's so funny. Like they're just like, um, like if this was a fantasy movie, they would be like, um. And it's funny because oh, yeah, it kind no, of I forgot has, about them. Yeah, uh, it has um um similarities to like a fantasy quest in a way, you know? Yeah. You can imagine it being set in a fantasy setting. But the orphans, they're just kind of like these little trolls. Like all you have to do is throw a Molotov cocktail somewhere and they just oh fire and they just run off. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. They're very startled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get startled very easily. Yeah. yeah it would have made more sense if they were like young children, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. But they yeah, can't. makes more sense because well, then they're like, We're the orphans and we we're tired of being, you know, pushed around and we want to be respected and all this yeah. hoopla and stuff like that. So yeah they so, uh yeah i completely forgot about them actually it's so funny yeah. um but yeah the thing i was uh, that amazed me when i was watching this movie i was like damn i can't believe they shot this in new york like mm. they were shooting on new york streets and i'm like how do they do that i is i guess it's different it's 1979 and they shot i think exclusively at night so i think they could like shut down a couple of streets that they were using and stuff but mm. To me, even still, I'm like, that's crazy that they were able to do that. I'm like, shooting in New York is like, this just sounds insane. Like, even if you do it at 2 a.m. to like 4 a.m., still like to have nobody out on the streets while you're shooting is like, that's crazy. That's nuts. Because what year did the taxi driver come out? 76. 76? Yeah, seventy six, yeah, 
and the Warriors, what the year after? 79. 79. Yeah, it's interesting because even taxi drivers shot at night and there's tons of people on the street all the time. Yeah. So I wonder how they pulled it off. Yeah. Um, when you first watching the film, did you expect the Lizzie's to turn on them? Oh, yeah. I saw that coming. I was like, really? Oh, obviously, something's about to happen here because it's like <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, it's like something they're setting him up. Like this is mm. too weird, and especially when they get in that apartment, I'm like, okay. And the one dude just has the look of like, mm, he's looking around. I was like, yeah, yeah the Puerto Rican guy. He's just like set up. Yeah, they're like, don't you want to fuck us? He's like, no, like, no, no. Okay. no. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Like every time I watch that, it's like, are they supposed to be like hot? Like is it is it 1970s hot? Because <laughs> yeah. like I don't know, man. They look like. They look a mess, man. These chicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, not really sure, but it definitely seems. There's that one girl who's like dancing. She's like dead eyes. She's like has no soul dancing. She's like looking. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's these two girls just dancing. They're not like they don't even seem into each other. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like all right. Um. But yeah, it was a overall good movie. I I, I actually thought the ending was a little bit flat, but. You know, Why when they get the to, part, they just get to Coney Island. It just kind of ends. <laughs> They're like, all right. And what's yeah. his name? James gets, Remar is Ajax. Just gets yeah. taken by the police, and they never talk about him again. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. there was one dude. So there was one actor I was reading in the after. I watched the movie. I was reading some trivia about it. Was there is like one actor he plays? He's like the dude with like the curly afro, the white guy. So apparently okay. he was so annoying on the set. That Walter Michael Hill Beck? Was like, I no no that's the lead right? Okay yeah yeah. Anyway, Swan. this guy was so annoying. Yeah, this guy was so annoying on the set that Michael that Walter Hill was just like, like going to the stunt guy. He's like, we got to find a way to kill him. Just like kill him off. I don't care how you do it. Just fucking. Oh, uh, that's the guy they threw so on the Brit on the subway. They, the, on the subway tracks, he's like, but that's not even him. That's a stunt double. They got a stunt double. And just like had him fight with the with the cop, and then just like he he goes off the tracks, and they just like kill him, and like that's why nobody really mentions him again in the movie, or uh. like they don't even make a big deal of his death. They're just like he's like just fucking get rid of him, please. Is it Vermin Terry Mikos? I don't know. Hold on. It's in like if you look at the Warriors, like the IMDb, like the trivia stuff. It's in there. Oh, okay. Um, I think his name is no, not Terry Michos, because that guy lasted a little bit longer. Is that guy always now? felt like every time I watched that, I'm like, he's like the sweaty dude of the fucking group. I know he's like, so weird. He's yeah. extra sweaty. I'm like, yeah. why are you so wet all the time? Like, dude, you're wearing a vest, and that's it. Yeah. The thing with the Warriors too, it's like what, like I know, okay, so the vest is uniform, right? You get your vest, yeah. and saying, but then it's almost like, all right, but you can accessorize to whatever you want because yeah. you know, like a dude, like like Cleon of the group, he's wearing like that bandana over his head, yeah. And then there's um, uh, there's the guy with the hat. There's the guy with like the the stuff. He almost has like Native American headdress, yeah. sort of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, it's a his name Kushis or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he, he he's wearing like a Native American headdress. Yeah, man, it was a good movie. 
yeah. I enjoyed it. I was like, it's been a, you know, I've seen it forever. And it's so weird. They made a video game of it. I remember Rockstar That's how I got introduced into of- it. Yeah. Yeah. The video game on PS2 or PS3 or something. Yeah. 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 It was a while ago. But that was interesting. I mean. From Rockstar Entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. The only other ones I watched were, I just, I watched Casino, rewatched Casino. And I saw the movie, finally, I've been trying to watch this movie forever, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Have you ever seen this movie? Oh, no, I've heard about it. No, but I haven't seen it. Have you seen The Lobster? Yep. Yeah, it's the same director. Yeah. So just imagine a very equally fucked up um, weird movie. The less you know about it, the better. And I won't even tell anybody. Just watch it. If If you like fucked up movies like Hereditary or, you know... Or the lobster, yeah, it's it's right up your alley. But it's one of those movies like if you don't know anything about it, it's better. It's just way better if you don't know what what it's about. And it's okay. really weird, and it's kind of like the lobster in that like everybody talks in that um, that you know Robert Bersonian, um still not stilted but like uh, monotone way. Where yeah. nobody delivers anything with any like emotion. Everybody just says the words and 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 then that's it. But uh it's really it's really fucked up. It's just a really fucked up movie. So it's a noir film, isn't it? Uh I wouldn't say noir, no. I Crime would say elements. Not really. No. It's it's almost like what what is it close to? It's more erotic like um, thriller. Erotic thriller. No, it's like a horror. It's like a horror thriller kind of. Mm. Kind of. I mean, that's as close as I would I could get to it. A suspense movie, maybe, but I don't know. It's just really fucked up, and definitely worth a watch. And of course, okay. Casino. If you haven't seen Casino, anybody, you know, it's yeah. amazing. Catch it's up. Like, Gotta watch it. If you love Goodfellas, it's like the sister movie to Goodfellas. It's like as close as you can get to Goodfellas without being Goodfellas. It's like Goodfellas in a casino. Um, but um, it's focused on three people as opposed to like really Henry Hill's like one. It's just telling his story. Whereas this casino is telling the story of Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci and Sharon Stone. Yeah. The thing I love, the line I always think about is where Joe Pesci goes to the banker who's holding up his money and he's like you know let me tell you about myself because I I should just be a little fair he's like Monday morning I'm gonna come over there and if you don't got my money I'm gonna crack your fucking head open right in the middle Mm -hmm. of the bank and he's like and right about the time I'm getting out of jail hopefully you'll be getting out of your coma (laughs) and I'm gonna crack your fucking head open again you know why because I'm fucking stupid I'm going to yeah. fuck about jail. <laughs> like, that's an amazing thing to say to somebody. Because yeah. I'm, I'm stupid. I don't give a fuck about jail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because he plays a gangster, obviously, in Goodfellas. But it's a different type of gangster, isn't it? Yeah. He's like, but I don't know. It's like, it's weird. He, in Goodfellas and that, he's basically just... He's, playing the same kind of like maniac you know Mm. he's playing like a fucking maniac again so is he because i feel like tommy goodfellas is a lot more impulsive uh like he would just shoot a guy just for he'll shoot um 
was it Michael Spioli? He'll shoot Spider for fucking, yeah. you know, yeah, for talking back to him. Whereas, um, oh, what's the character? Is it not Tommy? It's um, Nikki. Yeah. In Casino. Yeah. Nikki I don't think he's that impulsive. He does a Maybe lot of stupid not. shit. He sleeps with his best friend's wife. He, yeah. You know, he... Um, He's loud in his criminal activities, even when he's as a, as Robert De Niro says in that movie, like he's put in the black book. Yeah. So, yeah, I just don't. Yeah, he's not. He, I mean, he's fucking crazy, but he's not. Oh, I just want to. I just made me think of something I want to bring up in a bit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's still, yeah, he's still a fucking harsh ass gangster in that. Yeah. Charlie well, M. You made me pop your fucking eye out for Charlie M. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. When I just reminded, when it reminded me because I, I wanted to bring it up when we're talking about Killers of the Flower Moon, there that the the Scorsese trademarks. There's a scene. There's going to be a scene where, like a torture scene, particularly when a mentor tortures someone to get information out of them. So in yeah. there and that, but then I was thinking about the party where Jack Nicholson is beating uh, DiCaprio's wrist or hand. Off, yeah. a hand with the foot with the boot and he goes, you know mm-hmm. that and then flash forward to killers of the flower moon de niro is spanking dicaprio with that paddle remember mm-hmm. and i yep. saw that and i was like oh this reminds me just like the part of you know mm-hmm. so um yeah this is something of a trademark with with this guy so yeah he likes motherfuckers getting punished it's all about fucking Is that the Catholicism? and punishment. Yeah, I know. Punishment yeah. and redemption and, you know, atoning for your sins and all that mm. stuff. I mean, what are you going to do? The guy's a Catholic. Mm. <laughs> and uh, one dog is going this way, one goes going that way. <laughs> what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Um, fuck, there's a line from Casino. Oh, I can't remember now. Don Rickles gets it. I like when he, he gets yeah. – who beats him? Um, Nikki Joe Pesci beats him in the head and yeah. he just falls over like an old man does. I you know. know. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I was like I, – I've forgotten about that and I was like, oh, man. They just really put the hurt on Rickles. Mm. Uh, yeah, no. It's – it was a great one. Um, oh, and I love in Casino where he's talking. Joe Pesci is <coughs> – excuse me. He's narrating – in the middle of the narrating, um, he, he just gets starts beat with the bats, and the it bat, just yeah. cuts the narration too. Like, yeah, yeah, genius. it's really funny. It's yeah, because he and even when he's narrating, he's talking about it in first, like in real time. Yeah, he's like, yeah, well, it was his brother was getting made or whatever. I think, it, yeah, that's what it was. He's like, yeah, hey, it was about time they fucking did this, and blah 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 blah, and he gets hit, and uh, oh, and oh. Yeah, yeah. The, they fuck. That was a horror. That's a horrifying. I remember when I first saw that. I first saw that. Mom got that on VHS. She rented it from mm. Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. And I was just like having to walk downstairs and see that scene. I was like, Jesus. That was so mm. brutal. It's the most mm. brutal. One of the most brutal deaths in movies. Yeah. Is him and his brother hit getting with those bats, aluminum bats, and you hear it every, every hit. Boop. The worst thing is like them, they get beat the fuck so bad, but they're still breathing. That's what makes yeah. it so awful. Yeah, they're burying he's them just alive. like completely bloody, like pretty much just dead, but still breathing, like <gasps> struggling to breathe. Ah, oh, ah, oh, it's brutal. Mm. 
Terrible. Love it. But anyway, that's <laughs> that's enough for me. <laughs> oh, I got to go. Yes. But yes. Uh, Mike, tell the people where you're going to be. Uh, you can find me online, DRO at underscore ESQ, all my socials. Check me out on Letterboxd. Follow me on X or Instagram, and you can see what I'm watching. If you have any movie recommendations, throw them my way. And um, yeah, and stay tuned. Yes, do indeed stay tuned. Uh, Christian Duran SVP on Instagram, ChristianDuranComedy.com for all your Christian Duran needs. Like, share, subscribe, rate, and review to the Duran Brothers Movie Podcast. And we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Peace.